I believe nutrition is insanely simple. I believe we complicate it. We, we complicate it either because we feel that if it's really that simple, how could it be that simple? It seems too easy if it's that simple. Um, or we complicate it because society is complicating it. I sometimes think people want to keep it complicated because then they can sell you on shit. They can sell mm-hmm. you on ridiculous pills and ridiculous supplements and juice cleanses and not eating for multiple days. And I just think, I just don't think that's the way. Um, I one time heard, heard uh, just an awesome line and from a, a dietitian, and she just said, if you're not going to do it for the rest of your life, don't even bother. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. We are very excited to have you with us and thrilled to have the opportunity to improve together. We believe that by paying close attention to our mindset, movement, sleep, stress, nutrition, and network, that we can create the life we were intended to live. Here is to a stronger, healthier, happier you. Hello, welcome back to the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. This is episode 27 and we're pumped to be back. Yeah, we're back with our tri-weekly episode. (laughs) Uh, Bi-weekly, I think we've just accidentally slipped into week three again, but that's okay. We are still here and still going. This is actually part two of our FAQ episode, but we're going to start with some updates this time. I'm not sure if we really gave many updates last time. Yeah, where are we at? Uh, We had an awesome weekend. Uh, We hope everybody had an awesome Easter weekend. Um, We did something pretty special, we think, something we don't do enough of, and we deliberately carved out some time for ourselves. Um, We closed the gym on Sunday. We don't close the gym often, except for like all those hundreds of days we were closed. Forcefully closed. Yes. (laughs) Um, But once we're busy, we tend to get super busy and time just flies by. I feel like last summer PAX was one and just, it just flies by and we had a great summer for sure. And I think we just kind of made a promise to ourselves that we would be a little bit more deliberate with our time and just take days off, take days away from the gym and actually just plan something and go do something. I think we're very guilty of this probably like a lot of people, um, even on a day off or a half day off, I just feel like if you're kind of putzing around your house, you end up, well, I'll do you the end laundry. up punting around. Yeah. yeah, I'll end up. So you don't actually maybe take out like really good family time. Um, yeah. So we closed the gym on Sunday. We zipped into Winnipeg on Saturday. We booked a hotel room at the Victoria Inn. It's like a pretty sweet vacation. Um, but the uh, the pool was awesome. We we booked our hour time slot. Um, went to the pool with Paxson, a two-year-old and a pool is like Disney world. So we have, yeah, well, and it's not just a pool. It's kind of like a little splash pad. Like there's a walk-in little water slide and a big water slide and, and a T-Rex. Yeah. yeah. I don't think pool quite does it justice. Yeah. Mini water park. Yeah. Super mini water park with, uh, a big water slide, a medium water slide, and then a, a baby water slide. But yeah, we had a great time, um, at the hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, minus the ridiculous amounts of glowing lights in our room. Um, I'm a pretty big sleep guy and 
the sleep environment was just a bit different, which was kind of hilarious. Our air conditioner was <laughs> roaring loud. Like a jet engine. And then it just, then it also stopped working in the middle of the night. So it got really hot. So that was fun. And then there was like the fridge had a glowing light, which was like. Bouncing off the mirror. Yes. <laughs> back to the bed. <laughs> and then um, in the middle of the night, I was kind of woken up and there was a smoke detector right above my head and it had this bright green glowing light and then it was just like basically even with my eyes closed I could like sense the beam was on me I felt like I was getting abducted <laughs> by an alien tractor beam but um, Zach tried to cover it with his underwear at midnight and I quickly just said please please do not set off the fire alarm for this entire building so um, he just flipped directions and anyway slept off back to sleep but Next day, went to the zoo, and yeah, we just had an awesome, yeah, an awesome weekend, an awesome 24 hours, I guess, just yeah. Jen, myself, and Paxton, and uh, this is just a friendly reminder to everybody to carve out time for yourself and carve out time for your family, and don't just say you're going to do it, just do it, and plan something, because again, Jen and I are guilty of like, hey, this weekend, we'll do this, and then sometimes things roll around, you end up like doing errands or doing chores or perhaps doing stuff that you feel is more important or urgent, but in reality, nothing is more important than I think time with uh, either yourself or your family. So yeah, I think, I think just, it's also just, you have this great idea and then your rational side of your brain kind of kicks in and said like, really, you're going to drive to Winnipeg for 24 hours. Really? You're going to spend money on a hotel room. Like, is that really necessary? And, you know, traveling with uh, a two-year-old thinking, Oh, like, you know, is she going to sleep well? Maybe we should just stay home. And like always, it's it's kind of awful. Like sometimes we just assume it's going to be harder traveling with her. And then we travel and think, why don't we do this more often? Like we went to a restaurant. It was awesome. Um, yeah. I don't know. It just It's very easy to convince yourself out of doing fun things sometimes. Yes. Just go yeah, on Even more, a bike ride. <laughs> yeah. Go on more adventures. Um, what are we else are we doing for updates? Well, the uh, the CrossFit Games Open kind of wrapped up, I guess, is it about a week ago now? And the quarterfinals is coming up and I'm super pumped. I signed up for the Open and I made it through to the quarterfinals. The logistics of the quarterfinals are a bit of a nightmare. So we are just in the thick of trying to figure out how I can get some of these workouts done. Um, yeah, we need a, a 15... very exciting nonetheless. We need a 15-foot rope climb. <laughs> Yeah. And our ceilings are 14 feet, six inches. So we either have to cut a hole in the ceiling <laughs> so Jen can stick her wrist out of the building or uh, we need to get to a 15 foot rope. Um, but yeah, super exciting. Yeah. And yeah, we've been on, I've been reading some great books lately. I think last time we started the podcast, I was reading a book by Pan Patrick uh, Lencioni and it was called Three Big Questions for a Frantic Family. And so he um, usually, well, his job is to take corporations and help them figure themselves out and, and find their way. And we have used a lot of his um, his information from, what's his most popular book? Uh, the Ideal, Ideal Team, team player. player. Yes. Okay. So that's the one. Um, he also has five dysfunctions of a team. But this kind of relates everything back to your family and how... Sometimes family life can seem very frantic and that you're never kind of getting ahead years rolling by and you're just always in this frantic state waiting for, you know, something to let up. And so he basically takes or teaches this framework 
to help your family make decisions that will get it closer to um to to its goals your yeah. family's goals and it's it's just crazy because yeah when do we ever talk about you know we always kind of in past oh we want to spend more time outside oh we want to spend more time together but you never really talk about how are you going to achieve this and are the decisions that you're making contributing to that or are they taking away from it yeah it's oddly similar like a family is not like running a business but the the similarities are probably a lot more common than you may realize because there are goals that you want to hit, I think in business and there's goals that you want to hit with your family, i.e. spending more time together or less time at the office or less screen time and things like that. So I I just think it's, um, he's kind of like the, the guy in the business world. Yeah. Um, And I think his, his tips for families is yeah, very, very, very smart. Yeah. So that was a great read. Um, I now am on the book called Switch, How to Change Th- How to Change Things When Change is Hard by Chip Heath and Dan Heath. And this was a recommendation from one of the courses I'm taking. And it was just, yeah, I, I'm only maybe the third of the way through and just mind blowing stuff on uh, the fact that your willpower is not just a renewable resource. We only have a certain, and they've done studies and he talks about them or they talk about them, but we only have a certain amount of willpower each day. And some of that willpower is used with your kids. Some is used with your classmates, your colleagues, your spouse, traffic, um, any number of things take your willpower. It's almost like your willpower is like a, it's like almost like a gas tank where yes. we think it's just always sitting at full. So when we make bad decisions, we're like, man, why don't we, why don't I have willpower? Where's my mm-hmm. willpower? But willpower is more like it, it could be full in the morning when you wake up, but throughout the day, it's slowly getting depleted, which is why um, perhaps when we make poor decisions, it's when we're tired or stressed or at the end of the day. Yeah the willpower tank has kind of hit the bottom. Yeah. You've, you've passed that donut or chocolate or whatever, you know, 500 times during the day. And then at 8 PM you give in and think, Oh man, I'm the worst. How come I couldn't do it? But actually it's like scientifically proven that you, you were out of willpower at that point. And I feel like that's me at like Christmas functions or Christmas dinners, or there's treats around and I walk in the door. Willpower is full. And I'm like, no, thank you. I don't eat that junk food. And then I say, no, I walk by it again. No, 20 more no, times. no. And then maybe the, the 10th time you walk by, you've kind of just, you're like, oh, and you give in. So, well, that, and the fact that if you don't sleep well, if you have a lot of stress in your life, if you know, any number of these things are stressing your body, your willpower tank will say is, the, is also not starting at full. Is the popcorn example in that book? It is. I like the popcorn example. You want to tell that story? Um, Well, they did a study. The book kind of opens with this one that uh, invited people to a theater and it gave them, they gave them all free, free drink and free popcorn. And there was two different groups, people that had a massive uh, popcorn tray and people that had like an, it will say an extra large. So in both cases, they there was no way that it, it, they were meant to finish the popcorn. So they were huge containers of popcorn. Huge and ridiculously huge. Yes. And the popcorn was two days old and did not have, like it was it kind of meant to be mediocre popcorn. So that again, they couldn't say, oh, this was the best popcorn I have ever had. So that's why I ate a certain amount. 
anyways, they didn't know why they were there. They were just given this. So the the studies um, found that in 100% of cases that people ate more, the bigger the container. So every single person that was given the extra massive container ate more popcorn than the person that was given the extra large container. And they they related this and said that it it is true in a number of different studies, if you kind of look at the research, that the bigger the plate of food, the more you are likely to eat. And that's just... Yeah, it kind of shows us that we're... I think we all like to think we're like in super in control of our lives, mm-hmm. where I, I think we underestimate the impact of the environment that yeah, you're that's, in. Yeah, that's exactly just what like, they were getting at. I eat zero cookies or dainties when it's not Christmas and when it's Christmas and they're around, right? It's just kind of like, so mm-hmm. I feel like we are in control to an extent, but being aware of those kind of situations, the environment and yeah, if you want to eat less, sometimes a slightly smaller plate is going to work really well. Yeah. So we have a mindset episode coming up um, and I'll kind of highlight some more findings from this book and from another one to help us with our mindsets. All right. Are we ready to dive, dive in. back in? Uh, yeah, we, we finished off the last episode. Uh, we're trying to get all of these FAQs in in one episode, um, but it, uh, yeah, it went a bit long. We had some great conversations. So we're going to kind of jump back in where we left off. So where did we leave off, Jen? The next question that we had, and we get this one a lot actually, but specifically on this episode, is what kind of training do we do? So we being Zach and Jen, um, what kind of training are we doing on a weekly basis? Yes. Uh, I've got this question a lot over the years. The last time I got it, someone said, what are you doing for workouts? Um, And it was someone that was a part of the gym. And I just said literally the same thing as you. Um, I hit 99% of the time I'm hitting five workouts per week. There's the odd week that I'll do six workouts in a week, depending on my schedule and how I'm feeling. And if something crazy comes up where we're switching gyms or I don't know, I'm on vacation, perhaps I hit four days, but I'd say 99% of the time I'm hitting five workouts per week. And if you are a part of our gym, then I'm on the exact same workout program as you. And I don't do anything training wise outside of the gym. I don't do extra running. I don't, I don't do extra lifting. Um, what you see on the board is what I'm doing. And yeah, that's about it. Um, I think people think that we're doing a lot of extras. Um, I think the comment kind of was like, oh, like you're, you're just trying to maintain, like you're just, you know, you're just kind of whatever. And I said, no, like I'm, I'm still improving. I am absolutely still improving. Um, when I was in my most competitive CrossFit state, I lifted a bit more weight than I lift now. But what's funny now is my conditioning is better. My gymnastics is better. And my lifting in workouts is better. I've noticed over the years, I, I keep improving my workouts. The only thing that's not better is like my, my top, top end. end strength. I don't know if I can hit a 460 pound deadlift anymore. I'm also like six years older. Not that that matters, but I'm just saying, I'm just, I haven't been pushing the top end weights as much. I've just really been enjoying what I'm doing and pushing myself hard in workouts and yeah, lifting well and doing the best I can when those strength movements come up. But, um, 
I do believe my health and fitness is still improving at a rate that I am more than happy with. Yeah. And I think even for, for myself, I would have to agree again, maybe my top end numbers aren't there, but I think that's partly because right now when we work out with the gym, like we're just focused on varied workouts. We're not focused on top end numbers. If I want my back squat specifically to go up for some reason, um, obviously I would have to be under load and I'd have to be squatting more just to get my central nervous system back in the game. So, and also because you've been doing this a long time and you are also already a strong athlete. So I think anybody, I mean, anybody who's been doing this for, I don't know, under five years, I mean, there's just so much improvement yet to be made in your Mm -hmm. GPP, your general physical preparedness and which is basically just your overall fitness. So um, I, I think the reason we want to tackle this question today, I just think that sometimes people um, see us or see other people. And yeah, I mean, we've been doing this for like 10 years and I'm I'm trying to frame this in a way that doesn't sound like I'm bragging on this podcast, but like I, I am quite happy with my fitness. I my times and workouts I think are quite good. I'm quite happy with where I'm at and I'm continuously trying to show people that it is just consistency, consistency of effort, working really hard and showing up five days a week for a long, long time. There's no other shortcuts. And I I think um, if you reach an elite level where you're RXing or RX plusing or you're finishing at the top of the open leaderboard like yes for sure there is room for extra programming and things like that but for 99.5 percent of the population I, I think extras are not the way that's just how I feel yeah um I think part of that like consistency for sure but I also think that in every workout and I know you know maybe I can't push 110 percent you know, four days in a row or whatever it may be, but there is an intensity and there is a focus whenever we go to the gym. And if we're doing back squats or we're doing, you know, presses, I'm never ending my set of presses thinking, oh, I, you know, I should have added more weight. There was, you know, I had way more in the tank or like, oh, that last set of five wasn't even really that hard. I think being really growing is as an athlete is learning to know your body and sometimes you need to push out of the comfort zone, but also you need to be pushing that, that boundary at all times. So if I know that I could do, you know, a hundred pounds for five reps, then in two weeks, I'm going to try 105. And in two weeks after that, I might try 110 or 107 or whatever it may be. You can't just hover at the same weight for two years. Same weight or same intensity in work. Yeah, that we have to kind of push that boundary. And I think that's also why we've been able to still grow, even though our training volume is reduced. Like we just, we are getting better. It's awesome. Yeah. And we feel good and we feel healthy. I think sometimes when we we do more, we, uh, we run the risk of, yeah, Yeah. we break down, we overtrain. Um, so kind of going off Jen's point is that I think something we're good at, um, is fanatical attention to detail during that hour. Okay. I need to get a really good warm up. What positions do I hit today? Like, you know, we're trying to get the most out of the hour. So, um, again, if, if, you know, if you're just happy to show up, that's fine. But if, if any, if at any moment in your CrossFit career or fitness career, 
you're like, oh, you know, I'm not improving. I want to improve more. I've kind of hit a plateau. Like if you have those feelings of I want to improve more, you need to dial dial it in a bit. You need to get the most out of that squat session. Um, you need to get the most out of the workout. So sometimes we've both been guilty of this too, is just you're doing it for a while and you hit a comfort zone. And it's been a while since you pushed out of that comfort zone. So um, there's not... There's no magical pill and there's no magical program or formula. I think people sometimes when they hit these plateaus, they think, oh, like I got to, I got to be doing more. Um, or, oh, geez, like I got to hit this squat program or this special program. And I'm, I think we're living proof of our own program. We don't do anything outside of our own program. We do do exercise and move outside the gym. We walk the dogs, go for bike rides, but mm-hmm. we're not doing extra running. Um, I mean, yeah, what you see is what you get, guys. So I I think there's just ways people can follow the program and see incredible results. People can follow the program and get mediocre results. And the difference is, I think, the attention to detail, um, the focus and effort during that hour is huge. Who's getting a better warm-up? Who showed up earlier to get their shoulders warm? Um, Just the mindset, too. Yes. Who? Yeah. Yeah, mindset. Who knows their squat numbers better so that they get... You know, who is lifting, right? I always say lift, lift as heavy as possible with perfect technique. Mm-hmm. You don't need to lift heavy if there's technique breakdown, but uh, again, getting the most of the sets and then what's the intended stimulus of the workout? What, what, what do we want to do today in this conditioning workout? Um, is it get, you know, work on the pull-ups? Is it work on my running? Um, we kind of need to know those things so that we can get the most out of that workout. I think like last point on this one, this is kind of deviating a little bit, but we had it written on our fridge as a, as a kind of thing to mention, but I think an important part of both of our journeys and something to consider is that whenever you have growth kind of to a, a new level in CrossFit or whatever athleticism you're trying to pursue, there's also going to be a change in, in your pace. And what I mean is when you, when you get your very first, you know, kipping pull up or strict pull up, um, you know, the minute that happened for me, I, that was it. I never touched the band again. However, that meant that for a long time and a lot of workouts, I was way slower than what I would have been had I used the band. However, progress is progress. So I think both of us hold that very highly that when you when you get a skill or when you're you're able to lift more weight and you kind of need to make that jump to the next level you also have to anticipate that you might hit the time cap and that's okay because you're in an, a whole new realm now of moving heavier loads and you know or moving your own body weight faster or whatever it may be and so that should be a welcomed change and not seen as a decrease in your um, ability. Yeah. It's training to get better. At some point you can use the clock to your advantage. It pushes us to be better, but you could also forget about the clock. And I mean, if you like Jen, if we're going off Jen's example of pull-ups, let's just say 50 pull-ups come up. You might just have to chip, chip your way through to get to 50. And if that is unsafe or impossible, then perhaps we'll scale back to 30 but we're not going backwards to a band. I'm saying if you have single pull-ups, you're doing one at a time, then we're doing one at a time. The only way to get better at those skills is to work on those skills, right? If you go up in weight on a wall ball, 
you might have to say goodbye to your sets of 30 Mm -hmm. that you used to do with the six pound right now right i don't change heights i don't change balls i'm stuck with this heavier ball ball not stuck with it i've earned this heavier yeah that's the thing you've earned it yeah now i'm going to throw sets of eight and i'm going to be effing proud that i'm throwing sets of eight you need to you need to feel that success and be very proud to be doing single pull-ups mm-hmm. not worried about how fast am i going or things like that that's that's a great way to end that question off um you good there yep all right um let's move on to uh another question that also has come quite a few times about why we don't do um more specific core work at the gym or in our program at the gym it's a really good question one that I try not to roll my eyes at, if I'm being perfectly honest. If you've ever asked this question, that was more of a joke, what I just said about rolling my eyes. <laughs> so don't be too hard yeah, A lot yourself. of people ask, so. Um, we might need FAQs part three. These yes. are some good questions that require some good answers. Literally everything we do in the gym is core work. That's the quick short answer. I've never done a workout at my gym or any other CrossFit gym or functional fitness gym that didn't include core work. It's our perception of what is core work mm-hmm. is been, what's the word I'm looking for? Has been. Well, it's what society has told us yes. working your core, um, getting, you know, strong abs is, is basically doing sit-ups yeah. or specific just you know, core exercises. Yes. The, the six pack burn. Oh my, my belly's burning. My belly's burning. And people mm-hmm. think that's core work, um, which it could be, but real core work, um, like real, real, real core work is about stabilizing the spine, um, holding weights overhead, picking a bar up off the floor, deadlifting, And you're able to hold your core in a strong position. Um, That is real core work, right? It is not sit-ups. And I mean, I love, I love toes to bar and I love Mm V-ups, right? I love, you know, the the P90X uh, ab ripper circuit where your belly burns. Like, don't get me wrong. Those exercises could, can be fun. But to me, that is like, that is like, belly accessory work Mm -hmm. it's not even real like real core work well you know and i think the the important part to distinguish um and as i learn more about the true kind of core muscles in in these courses that i've been doing your you know when you see someone with with a six pack or an eight pack um you just assume that they have a very strong core. However, that is not that is not the case. A six pack does not imply a strong core, and a strong core does not imply a six pack. Um, well said. There's two, I guess, different avenues. The the deep core, which actually those six pack muscles are not really part of, right? You've got your diaphragm, your pelvic floor, your transverse abdominals, and then your multifidus at the back. Um, that is your deep core that is very, very, very important that it is functioning and doing things well. It manages pressure. It stops you from peeing your pants when you do things. Um, it helps you move it helps weight you well move weight and well. not be yeah. spaghetti spine 
yes. know, picking up bars or laundry bins, right? It, it saves our back. Um, basically, a strong core is you cannot be strong without a strong core. Yeah. Um, and to go back, it's okay to want six pack abs. If I'm being perfectly honest, like if the ab genie came up to you and said, would you like six abs? Like, I mean, I, I think 99% of people would be like, yeah, boom, I'll take six, I'll take a six pack. Yeah. Um, so there's nothing wrong with wanting abs, but abs is about visible abs, visible abs. Yeah. If someone said, how do I get visible abs? Number one, nutrition. Number two, get strong. If you are very strong in the back squat, deadlift, push press, basically Olympic weightlifting, and your nutrition is dialed in, you are going to see your abs. Well, or even getting strong in body weight movements. Yes. Can you push your body up in a, in a push-up? Yeah. How many strict Can pull-ups you pull do you up? have? Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, it's about being strong so that those muscles are there. So all your muscles are there. But to see them is reducing body fat percentage. And no amount of sit-ups is going to get you there. You don't need to do that many sit-ups. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we're we're good there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everything so, we do is so we talk about like helping your core. Yeah. Strong, strong core work. When you back squat a heavy weight, that is core. The muscles needed to stabilize the spine and hold that weight. That is your core. Did you list those muscles already? I did. Right. So we're good there. Deadlifting, core work. Going overhead with a weight, core work. Take a heavy bar and... Kettlebell swing. Yeah, kettlebell swings. I mean, almost everything we do, anytime we're moving weight, we're using our core. So I just think our perception of what is core work needs to change or we just need to know that we are doing core work, guys. If If you just want the belly burn... I mean, you can, you can get that doing scissor kicks and things like that, but no amount of sit-ups or scissor kicks can ever replace the person who can deadlift 400 pounds with a perfectly flat back and they have no back pain, right? I know a lot of people that maybe don't have visible abs that have a very strong core. So I think just visible abs and strong core are kind of two different things. Yeah. Okay, good there? Good there. Moving on um, to some nutrition. What do we what do we do for nutrition? And we we kind of chatted about this question <clears throat> before we started the podcast. And it's just also a great time to remind us and everyone that sometimes you you do things and then you learn some things and you try new things. You know better, you do better, you change things up. I think this this will come up in this topic because I think we've been fairly healthy and fit for quite a while, but we've recently changed something, yeah, you know, some minor fair, changes. some minor changes and we've seen some really great success with it. So yeah, it's not was, that we're, we sorry, don't, we don't need to feel bad about what we were previously doing, which we'll chat about and neither do you, you just, you move forward. Um, what was the line? Know better, do better. When you know better, do better. Yeah. I love it. If we learn something, we can evolve and grow. That is the, that is a a synonymous term with change. It's okay to change and it's okay to be like, yeah, like I used to do that and it's not as good. So I don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. You will be such a better person mentally and physically and everything, Ali, 
emotionally. I'm saying if you learn, you're humble, you learn, admit when you're wrong, change and grow. You will be so far better off than the person who is just like close-minded and refusing to change. Mm-hmm. Um, a, because they're not getting the updated proper information or B, because they're, they know the info and just refuse to change. So off of that topic, we've made some minor changes, but nothing crazy. But um, what do we do for nutrition? It's also been 10 years of us, I think. Meddling around. Yeah. Yeah. I think even more than that for me, probably closer to 12. Yeah, for sure. So I think we've just been making lots of subtle changes throughout the years. Yeah. Um, Do we want to start with kind of where we're at now? Yeah. So I think... Zach going through the HSN nutrition and mentoring course um, to kind of get rocked nutrition going. Um, I learned a lot. I think I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about helping others. And one thing that I really learned is that um, this is like they're just the main line that something as fundamental as nutrition should not be complicated. I believe nutrition is insanely simple. I believe we complicate it. We we complicate it either because we feel that if it's really that simple, how could it be that simple? It seems too easy if it's that simple. Um, or we complicate it because society is complicating it. I sometimes think people want to keep it complicated because then they can sell you on shit. They can sell mm-hmm. you on ridiculous pills and ridiculous supplements and juice cleanses and not eating for multiple days. And I just think, I just don't think that's the way. Um, I one time heard, heard uh, just an awesome line and from a, a dietitian, and she just said, if you're not going to do it for the rest of your life, don't even bother. Um, so if someone said, Hey Zach, should I do this, uh, I'm making this up, this celery juice cleanse. I said, are you going to do a celery juice cleanse for the rest of your life? And they said, well, no, of course not. Only for a few days. I just don't even bother. Um, it's just a waste of your time and energy. So anyway, going back to the course and what we learned, the most simple thing in the world is plate method. When I had a dietitian kind of look at what I'm doing and we kind of looked at our other coach, what Kelsey's doing and what Jen is doing, um, you can actually find a lot of improvement in your nutrition game by focusing on plate method, which is going to be mainly your lunch and your dinners. Half your plate is vegetables. Vegetables does not mean salad, just so we're clear. Yeah. It, it could mean a salad, but we're talking like... Real veg, like I'm saying... As dense as you that, can get. Yeah, dense <laughs> vegetables that are going to fill you up. Uh, we love roasting broccoli, Everything, cauliflower, yeah. carrots. Roasting your veggies is the the bomb. Where was I? Half plate veggies, but yeah, lots of veggies. So many veggies that maybe you can barely finish the plate. So yes. you're not leaving dinner or supper on an empty stomach. You're leaving the table full. Um, quarter plate is protein. Quarter plate of Quarter of your plate is meat and not just plain chicken breast. It's just meat. Pick a meat, quarter of your plate, you're good to go. Uh, And then the last quarter of your plate is starch. And this is probably where we're going to dive into a bit on some changes that we've made. But um, quarter of your plate starch could mean um, a baked potato, 
or half a baked potato, whatever, a quarter of the plate is. Rice, quinoa, spaghetti squash. Yeah. Um, basically, we're looking at, I mean, it could be fruit, something. It could be it could be a bun. Um, it could be... Could be a piece of toast. Could be fries, yes. Um, but a quarter of the plate, you know, something that someone would consider like carbs, right? Mm-hmm. A starchy carb. Um, and that's kind of the plate method. Half plate veggies, quarter plate protein, quarter plate starch. And when you nail that meal after meal, again, lunch and dinner, breakfast can maybe have a little bit more leeway, but um, you nail that meal after meal, you're going to feel better and you're going to do better. And I think Jen and I realized, um, you know, and I think we we feel like we know a lot about, about nutrition. We've read a lot of different books and I just think we were kind of still kind of missing out a little bit on the basics. Would you agree? Yeah, I think... I don't know, not to say that we were following a different body of thought or anything, but there was some information that, you know, you might not need that starch. Correct. That we got, yeah. I yeah. think everybody in, in a way, we, we kind of, we demonize carbs in a way. Mm-hmm. I felt like, um, I felt that way a little bit. Like we, we were eating a lot of meat and vegetables. Yeah. Um, but we kind of started to up our starchy carbs and our carbs. Well, and I think the part of it was um, from a nutritional, almost like micronutrient standpoint is like, why would I, why would I want the piece of toast? I know it's good, but it's not really offering me much in terms of micronutrients and nutritional information. Yeah. So I guess my thought was like, I could fill it with something else. I could fill it with more veggies. Um, However, when you learn new information about the fact that your body needs that starch. Yeah, it can run more efficiently. Yeah, it can run more efficiently. That's a great way to put it. Um, So yeah, we were open to trying in a little bit and, you know, bringing in that that method into our meals. And I mean, I think both of us have had pretty incredible success in, in the past, what would it be, maybe two months? Yeah, and two wicked months of training. Um, like, I mean, I think we feel, I think we feel like we're eating more. Yeah. Um, but we've both dropped, like you've dropped like 2%, 2% body fat. I've dropped one and a half percent body fat. And we were actually starting at a place where we didn't even intentionally. That wasn't the goal. Yeah. No, but we've, um, we've lost some body fat. I put on some, some muscle, I'm very in tune with my performance in workouts and it has, in my opinion, increased a lot. My lifting has felt better. My body feels better. Um, so we're almost like fueling our bodies better for performance. And we're also reaping those benefits as far as settling into a more optimal body fat percentage. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Jen's gymnastics haven't been this good like in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Granted, you had a baby two years ago, but I'm but saying... I think that's even more so too... Like people, I get that question too. Like, you know, when were you your fittest? And the answer is today. Again, maybe when you look at overall fitness, maybe not the top end strength numbers, but gymnastics and just recovery and being able to perform in the gym, even with a baby in there um, two years ago. So yeah, I think just small changes and consistency. We've just really, yeah, really been pumped. But And we're driving plate method home. I um, keep an eye on Instagram, one of our next Instagram post is just going to be like a week of our suppers of, mm-hmm. and just to show you how plate method 
looks or how it can, they all look similar and how it can be. Sometimes our plate method has French fries in it. Yeah. Because Paxton is a French fry machine. Yeah. But the key plate method is, it it, it is so good because mm-hmm. there is room for French fries. Yeah. I try to get the McCain French fries with only three ingredients. Yeah. Um, read read the bags of the French fries next time you're there. Just some have a ton of weird ingredients and some only have three ingredients. But the key is that if you have a burger with a bun and an entire plate of French fries, you've kind of missed plate method. But I will have two burgers, no bun, two burgers with some veggies on top and ketchup and mustard. And then, so that's my quarter plate protein. I'll do quarter plate French fries. Mm-hmm. And then half my plate could be, so I'm still having burger and fries. Yeah. I'm just, I'm being smart with my choices on starch yeah. and carbs and I'm still getting in my vegetables. Yeah. Well, or have your burger and a bun and the rest of your plate is vegetables. And that, that, you know, that's your quarter plate. And we've also had, we've had pizza and hit mm-hmm. plate method. Yeah. So I'm saying it's, we don't have to, we don't have to demonize certain foods and we don't have to completely eliminate them, mm-hmm. but being honest with yourself about striking a good balance in that meal, I think has just helped us tremendously. Yeah. And I actually think the extra carbs, um, again, not that it's pizza every night, but I'm saying the extra carbs as far as the potatoes or the rice mm-hmm. um, or a piece of toast here and there has improved our body composition and has improved our workouts. So it's a message to everybody that this this path to a healthier you or improving your nutrition does not need to be awful and it does not need to be drastic yeah. drastically different than what you're doing now yeah yeah start with one meal yeah. um yeah i think we'll get into this more on future episodes even just what to do at some different restaurants but it is a great visual um even when things are mixed up in a bowl and someone where somewhere like freshy or somewhere like kidoba where you are able to pick you know pick your ingredients um, you're still kind of imagining that bowl or that plate, I should say, and um, and how those things are kind of falling on the plate. So moving into, I know you just mentioned pizza. So for us, pizza, we do... Okay, so we're going into... Like kind of our, what would be our treat? Right. Someone you says know, like, do you have do, treats? Yeah. yeah. So we, we try to nail plate method as much as possible. Yeah. We still like to enjoy the foods that we really like to enjoy. And I think the biggest improvement we've made over the years is we pick out basically our favorite probably our favorite foods that we still like to eat and we just keep them in moderation. And my opinion, moderation is once a week and mm-hmm. on that day also in moderation. So I would say a couple of years ago when it was pizza night, I mean, I would eat a large pizza. I could eat a large pizza myself, which is crazy <laughs> just, but I wouldn't feel good after about it. So we've kind of, I think over the last couple of years dialed in our treat game. Yeah. Would you agree? Yes. So I think now when we have pizza, we always try to have some sort of veggie, but usually just a big salad. I usually try to eat my salad first. And then, I mean, we just buy a medium for the two of us and two or three slices or maybe four sometimes. But I mean, it's certainly not, I'm not saying, yeah, my three slices of pizza and a salad is not plate method. If I stacked oh. up all of the pepperoni, I don't think I'd have a quarter of a plate <laughs> yes. full. But I'm saying we don't but do it every night, but yes. if we have pizza night once a week, we also um, don't do it with milkshakes and yes. this and that and the other thing because I think the biggest part of our nutrition is that we don't ever feel, I'm not ever waiting or just dying for a treat or I feel so 
um, restricted, restricted that like, I just can't wait another day. And all these are the things I'm going to have. And I say that because I've been there. I planned out my, my cheat days, um, to the point where I'd make myself sick almost with all the stuff that I ate. So, I mean, I've been to the other extreme, but when you are just consistent, you don't really have that need to go overboard. It's just, and it's you're just excited. a great meal. Yeah. And we're, we, we get excited for pizza night. We just get our medium pizza and we split it and packs might have half a slice, but we, we now just do a better job with it and have that, that salad with it. And we, feel awesome after yeah like we don't feel like total slugs mm-hmm. and we actually feel good the next day as well so i think that's part of it is knowing i've said this before it's like predicting the future how do you want to feel in an hour yeah um and i think we enjoy the feeling you know i loved eating like eight big pieces of pizza in a row until i got to number eight and then after that i was like why yeah, did two I do hours that? of i'm not proud of what i just did so. yeah um, so yeah, it's probably pizza once a week. And That's then our like, pizza night. And yeah, then maybe a treat once a week. Yeah. I'm a big fan of ice cream. I love ice cream yeah. guys. And the reason we're telling you this is because there's like hope and light. You do not have to, um, approach nutrition like a light switch, like on or off. I like to approach it like a dimmer switch where there's like different levels of brightness and darkness. Is that a good analogy? Yeah. So I still love ice cream and I... I limit my ice cream to once per week. Um, I never keep ice cream in the house because if I go for the best deal and get a four liter thing of ice cream, I'm going to start eating it way too much. So I usually just get like a small or Jen usually gets a small. <laughs> Zach usually gets the medium, um, yeah. a medium treat from like velvet dip or a small medium treat from like superstore or something like um, I'll still get ice cream. I love Ben and Jerry's, but just mindful of, how do I want this treat night to go? Cause I, when you go too far, we tend to regret it. So it, it's fun to have treat night and not again, feel disgusting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, guys, it doesn't have to be, I think people just, I think they get off track for too long and then they say, that's it. Yeah. That's it. No more treats for two months. Yeah. Okay. And then, so they're, they're eliminating something, restricting it. And let's say, so a, it's not going to go well cause they'll, they'll fall off track, but let's just say they make it two months. But if you just flip back your old ways of four days a week or something, you're going to gain the weight back. So it really is about how do we make these small improvements to carry these habits forward? And I think there's been lots of ups and downs along the way, but we are starting to dial in, you know, the plate method and Mm -hmm. the treat eating enough. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, Um, I think wine, like wine came up too. I mean, If there was more social gathering, it might be once every two weeks. Um, I, right now, it's maybe once a month I have a glass or two of wine, but that's mostly because... It depends, yeah. <laughs> we're, not, we're not really going anywhere yeah, or doing we ain't, anything. We ain't clubbing much these days. However, that being said, I think, you know, even if Zach and I had our, our treat night, and my treat is usually from, from Bulk Barn... Um, you know, and if we went to a friend's house and it was, you know, someone's birthday and they were serving cake, I would not... I wouldn't even question it for a second. I would just have a small slice of cake if that's what I felt like doing. Yeah, I've never turned down a free beer. Yeah. Like, I'm also not in situations where I'm drinking 50 beers, but I'm saying last week I had a beer with a friend outside and I I don't think twice of it. I, I yeah. do enjoy beer, but I just have, I still chalk it up as like, like it's a little bit of a treat, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very aware that I, 
how I would feel if I had mm-hmm. five or 10 beers. Yeah. Um, so I think we, we like to show people again that we're, we get to do the things and eat the things and drink the things we like. Yeah. We're just trying to get better and better over the years. I, and if I'm, am I trying to improve my ice cream game to the point where I never eat ice cream? No, no. absolutely not. <laughs> no. If I get to a point in my life where I'm like, I'm psyched, just happy having ice cream once every two weeks, perhaps that could be a goal. Um, but I'm quite content with just a small treat once a week. Yeah. And like Jen said, if we're out and it's someone's birthday, we're going to eat the birthday cake. Yeah. Right? We're not, we are not dieting ever no. at all. Yeah. It's just the lifestyle. I think when, when I think back to, like I said, maybe 12 years ago when I first started kind of following the zone diet, which I'm not even going to get into right now, but it was the first time I'd ever really tracked or weighed or measured or done anything relating to nutrition um, and kind of a balanced meal. And I just think that at that time when I first started, um, a week might've seemed like a very long time. I'm saying I was maybe having gummies like once a day. (laughs) Um, So this is, again, this is 12 years in the making. So you don't need to jump to Zach and Jen's like current plan. If you are someone that's, you know, having three pops a day, the place to start is maybe just reducing to two pops a day um, and just kind of keeping your own and let's plan ch- and progress yeah. in mind. Like, And let's chat about that for a second. Yeah. Nobody likes hearing that because the slow, sustainable progress yeah, it's, is not, it's not sexy. sexy. <laughs> it's no. not sexy. People want this magical, oh, like, did you hear about this new torpedo diet? Rocket torpedo your way into, I just made that up. But people want something fancy and sexy mm-hmm. and they want it now. Um, they want it. I want 15 pounds gone in a month. And I, I think you can kind of have one or the other. You can have very quick results or you can have lasting results. You have to choose. You have to choose. Do you want super fast results and probably going to gain the weight back? Or do you want results that are going to get better and better and last for the rest of your life? Right? Would you rather lose 30 pounds in two months and put it back on or 30 pounds in a year? And then the next year you lose 10 more pounds. And then the next year you just maintain it. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm saying you, you got to change that mindset to, you got to think long-term and humans, we are not good at thinking long-term. Like you have to be aware of your own pitfalls as a human being. We're all kind of built the same way with these brains that are like quite sophisticated and also work against us sometimes. Um, a lot of the times that we just, we got to get out of our own way sometimes. And we just got to reframe how we think and how we go about it. Because again, you can, you can have really, really fast results or results that last. And I think the, the second one is the only way to go. Yeah. The last one in nutrition we had was pop. If we, if we ever drink pop, um, and I mean a full blown, not even like a, a diet or Coke zero. I like, I mean, it's probably been 10 years for me. I just, yeah, I don't drink, yeah. don't drink pop. And even as a, maybe a Coke zero might've had a couple years ago. Yeah. Again, I would use Jen's example. You drink six pops in a week. I want you to work on getting it down to four or five. That is success. And you should pat yourself on the back. Yeah. Then a month later you get it down again. So you don't have to beat yourself up. 
to me, pop is such a waste, such a waste of calories and sugar. Um, Don't get me wrong. I I enjoy pop and used to be a pop drinker, but if I'm going to have a treat, I'm going to go with ice cream. I'm not going to waste it on drinking a pop in like three minutes and then being like, Oh, I could have, you know, I could have had a, could have had my ice cream and enjoyed it. So I just think pop is, yeah, pops, pops the worst. Um, that's why we did the, we're the sparkling water. Yeah. Here it comes again. That's why we do sparkling water because I just, I wouldn't waste, I wouldn't waste all of our progress on, liquid calories um and you know and even flipping back to alcohol there again same thing if you drink two bottles of wine a week um, i want you to work on getting down to a bottle of wine a week and then maybe half a bottle of wine a week Um, ben bergeron's rule there is one to two drinks per week so if you want like a hard number of where we're trying to get to perhaps i mean zach thinks a small to medium treat every week will fit in quite well you could have a, a pizza night once a week and you know maybe one to two drinks but um again just try to figure out where you're at and make some um small improvements but uh yeah i just cracked a pineapple bubbly if anyone's interested that's the sparkling water update for this week um the pineapple bubblies are quite delicious and i i encourage people to slowly reduce their pop intake and start getting on sparkling water perhaps could be a decent transition or zevia to then yeah i would say zevia and then transition over just as your taste buds like newsflash if you don't know that your taste buds get very adapted to the level of sweetness that you typically would have so sometimes it takes a while to get them to adapt sparkling waters taste like almost nothing if you're used to pop but after just drinking sparkling water then you're like Ooh, pineapple juice. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed our um, concluding episode of our FAQs. We will be back in a couple of weeks with some more info for you. Have a great day. See you guys. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode. We really appreciate your support and hope to have you back again soon. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Ted Good Music and the band Heat, for allowing us to use their music. Until next time. Let's keep rewriting our story and redefining who we are.